Welcome to Bookends with Friends. We're a weekly book club podcast where three unqualified dum-dums uh, talk about everything books and books related. And just by listening, you are a part of this book club. I'm your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm the Brett who lived under the stairs. I'm Brett Irvin. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Daniel Phillips. Did you guys get your letters? <laughs> no, never. You didn't get your letter? No, I never did. What, no, what about you, Brett? I got a, I never set up forwarding for my last apartment. They so actually sent me a bill. It's probably there. <laughs> you owe a bill? Yeah. Oh, no. I owe Dumbledore seven oh, no. sickles. Sickles? What about galleons? Mm, sickles. Sickles? I'm a cheap, cheap boy. That, that's not even a lot of money. You could pay him those sickles. <laughs> Why do you owe him sickles? Well, what, what letter are we supposed to be receiving? A letter to Hogwarts, of course. Toot toot. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, the Harry Potter special. That's the noise the owls make. That's the noise. As, <laughs> as any good owl fan knows, that's what owls sound like. The Harry Potter special came out. The Harry yeah. Potter special came out. We're reliving. Years. I'm sorry, what was that, Brett? Happy 20 years to the movie. Happy 20 years. Happy 20, 20 years to you. Happy 20 years to you, Daniel. I am 20 years old today. I mean, um, these are books. They are books. So therefore, so therefore, this qualifies. We're legally allowed to talk about. <laughs> we it. are legally allowed. We know all the loopholes to our own podcast and That's what qualifies right. as an episode or not. <laughs> so we're talking about Harry Potter, not necessarily just the special, but it's kind of because of the special. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just everything Harry Potter related, because I feel like it has such a uh, a big impact on. People of our generation and and honestly older generations and every generation, um, but just uh, it's pertinent. And the special just came out, and we all watched it. And man, was it good! Um, it was so good. Before we jump into that, what are we reading this month? Ooh, The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Yeah, we are. I don't know why I treated that as if Ooh. it were a pop quiz, and I got excited <laughs> hey, that I knew the answer. You got it. And plus to you, Dan. Um, you've started it. I have. I haven't started it yet. Uh, yeah, and this is our, we're sending y'all an invitation right now, audience, to read along. Read Nightingale with us, and we will cover that. That'll be our last episode of the month, as we do with this book club podcast. So look out for that. Um, have that prepared in two weeks' time. Two yeah. weeks' time? Mm-hmm. Also, it's just like a good book. Just read it. Oh my gosh, Kristen yeah, Hannah is a fantastic author. Yeah. Might as well. Uh, yes. But if you're be- going to read it later, just read it now. Get on board. Read it now. Yeah, what's wrong with you? So before we board the... Hogwarts Express with our trolleys and trolleys full of candy and goodies. Toot toot, um, toot, toot as owls say. Uh, let's do short stories, which is our segment where we just talk about our weeks and catch up a little bit with yeah, one another. That sounds so, lovely. Yeah. It usually isn't, but I like to think that it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell me about, Parker, tell me about your week. Uh, so just pretty run-of-the-mill week. Not anything crazy happening, but... Uh, I am very excited, and this is this kind of goes along more with just like January and new beginnings and fresh starts. Uh, but I got a planner for the first time Ooh. in a really long time, mm-hmm. uh, a 2022 planner, and it, it's it's kind of silly, but I'm excited about it because like before each week, there's a little section that's like, what are three of your goals? What are three? And it's like attainable goals, uh, like stretch goals. And, and something else that I've already forgotten. Yeah. Um, but it's it's nice, it's good to have for work, especially the new role that I'm in is a little less uh, like monotonous and like, or, or a little less like repetitive, I guess. Yeah. And so I have to be very on top of like organizing what I'm doing throughout the day. And it's just been very helpful. And I'm very excited to have a 2022 planner and to write my little tiny goals at the start of each week. That's cute. Nice, uh-huh. that's, that's awesome. Cute. I finished two books of 2022 already, which is very nice. exciting. Yeah, uh, so I finished uh, The Westing Game, which is uh, a very delightful, small little story that's uh, about like a, a murder mystery. And it's an, an eccentric old rich man who like brings all of his heirs or the people who will like inherit his wealth and makes them play like a game to see who will get the wealth. And it took me a while to get into it, but it really hooked me at the end. And the end actually got me a little choked up. So oh, wow. very good read. I, I highly recommend it. It's pretty short also. And it was a good one to like k- kick off the year because it was short. Right. That sounds kind of Knives Out-esque. I was literally about to say that. It, it's si- well, it, it's similar-esque. It's, a, it's, it's definitely written for a younger audience. Yeah. So like it's not anything like serious with like the murders and stuff. 
Um, but just it's like the coming family yes, coming together. Yes, it's very nice. lighthearted. Cool. All the characters are whimsical and silly. Uh, and there's a girl named Turtle who kicks everyone in the shin, and it's great. Nice. Um, and then I also <laughs> read Akatar, uh, or people, if you're not familiar with that uh, shortening of it, A Court of Thorns and Roses, mm-hmm. which I will only describe as a very erotic version of Beauty and the Beast. Um, okay. And I have mixed feelings yeah. on the matter. Okay. Um a special treat for the audience. I actually have a copy of Akatar. I'm going to find a random page in the book, and Parker's going to read it out loud for us. Okay. Right Stop that. God. <laughs> I would be blushing. I was blushing reading the book. Uh, I think, so what... So, He's and, still and blushing. I honestly am. And I know, like, these, this series is beloved, right? So, like, a lot of people love this series. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it just really caught me off guard, because tonally, it's written so much like a YA novel. Mm. Like, I feel like it's, it's like... Just the pacing of it, the characters, like their uh, uh, like like wants and desires and, and kind of stuff. It feels very YA, yeah. and then it shifts real quickly into some spicy uh, uh, sexual <laughs> explicit content with fairies, and um, it's it's something. So yeah, that's but hey, uh, good first two reads down, uh, and I'm excited to continue my reading journey into 2022. Do you like resetting your reading count for the year? I, I love it. I love thinking, like, I have zero books read this year. I, like, I got to get moving on this. Yeah, I do. I mean, it, it kind of gave me, like, new wind under my sails, you know? I've been excited yeah. to to start chipping away at it. And one of my little, in my planner, one of my things was to at least have, uh, this was, like, the long-term for the month goal, was to have four books read, which I think is a very attainable yeah. goal for January. So, and I mean, Nightingale will be one of them, and right. so I just have to read one more. And I'm currently reading Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Man, it's so good. I'm like 80 yeah. pages in, and I'm nice. just really loving it. Okay, sorry. Enough from me, Brett. Okay. All right, we're back from our break. Parker had to uh, take a pause after talking about uh, Akatar. <laughs> there was um, no break. There was zero break, audience. Let it be known. It was like half an hour. Dan went home, took a nap. I was um, sweating from <laughs> just thinking about Akatar. So... What I'm currently reading uh, is Words of Radiance, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm like 10 or 15% into that. So It's a good um, bit of book. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're on pace. Um, I'm loving it. Um, I can't wait. I'm hooked. And uh, this it's kind of like my – I'm going to try and like, you know – read a couple at a time, but this probably will take up most of my time outside of, like, the Nightingale and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Brandon Sanderson will just ruin your entire, like, aspirations for reading a lot of books because those books are big. Yeah. That's – I kind of – there's a couple that I do want to read outside of that. Um, there was one in specifically that my dad gave me called The Greatest Beer Run Ever Made. I saw you I add think. that to your Goodreads, and it looks really interesting. So it's – Basically, this guy had all these friends that went to Vietnam, and he decided to bring them because I'm sure they were lonely. He literally took stuff from home. I don't know all the details about it, but this is like the general synopsis that my dad gave. But he took especially like a ca- like cases of beer, and he went and found all of his friends on like the front lines of Vietnam. Sure. It was like, hey, man, and like sat down with him and like had a beer with him. It was like, hey, I love you, man. Like, good to see you. Wow. And it was just like. Would you guys do that for me? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. But apparently they're making it into a movie now, too. But he oh, gave cool. me a copy of that. So that's that's on my list to read. I thought that was really cool. But yeah, so Words of Radiance right now. But uh, And then short story, uh, BattleBots is back, baby. Oh, yeah, it is. I uh, My dad texted me. Um, that was, what, the 8th? I think that was like this past Thursday. Um, and so he just texted, it was like, hey, BattleBots is back. And then uh, me and Parker and Dan were texting about it. I think Dan was kind of confused by what me and Parker yeah. were saying. Yeah, yeah. But we were we were talking about BattleBots and how hype we were. And Farouk is back. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, uh, in our short time of being a show, we have talked about BattleBots in the past. Multiple Brett and times. I are big fans. If you don't know what it is, it's just robots fighting on Discovery Channel. It's yes, fantastic. Sorry, I should have explained that. Yeah, it's basically just these really smart people build these giant robots and then they fight each other. And it's really cool. The production value is really cool. So I want to 
share my experience of that night. So Brett texted us. We have our little bookends group chat. And it was just Farouk is back, baby. <laughs> and I didn't respond because I didn't know what he was talking about. So I didn't think it was meant for me. And then Parker starts starts talking about BattleBots. They have a, you guys have like a pretty long conversation about BattleBots. Oh, yeah. But In all never, caps, very excited. Yes. All caps, but you didn't say it was BattleBots for a really long time. So I Googled like Farouk new season <laughs> and it brought up um, MasterChef. And okay. I was like... I guess they like MasterChef. <laughs> Big and Master I didn't Chef say fans. anything because I didn't want to like make fun of you. Oh, you didn't you didn't catch that when Brett and I got super into MasterChef? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. It just happened on the side when um, you were paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you two like BattleBots as much as you do. Oh yeah, yeah we it's, do. It's incredible. <laughs> God, don't so, like that. Um, nice. Yeah, BattleBots is the best, and check it out every Thursday. <laughs> there was like five hours of it last Thursday, and it was amazing. Um, Dan. What are you up to? Um, so I'll keep mine pretty short, but I haven't talked about games in a while. Maybe I have. I talk about games all the time. Uh, but I'm a big fan of little indie games because I really like short, kind of single-player, smaller studio games. And so I've been... Um, Steam recently just had their huge sale on games, so I bought like four or five of my favorite indies to, to play um, but one game went on sale that I've been super excited for. Uh, that's not a single-player indie game. It is a two-player indie game that actually mm. won Game of the Year last year called It Takes Two. Oh, yeah. And so if you never heard of It Takes Two, I highly recommend it, even if you don't like games that much because it's honestly just, like, it's not super complex, but it's really fun to play um, with another person because it's all about teamwork. So the the point of this game it's actually a lot more sad than i thought it was yeah i heard that i heard yeah. that like thematically it's pretty deep so um to give you a brief you know summary of this game we haven't nicole and i are playing it together um but to give you kind of the, the story behind it the opening scene is um a mom and dad are fighting with each other they have a little kid who's probably about like 12 years old mm-hmm. um and the kid sees them fighting from her like bedroom window and she gets really sad and she has like she's really artsy so she has made like dolls of her parents and she's like talk- oh my god she like talks to them and she's oh, like man. please don't fight like please oh, you know no. like don't break up with each other and the opening scene is the parents telling their daughter daughter they're going to get a divorce oh my god oh my god so the daughter leaves and she like is crying with her dolls she said it didn't work and the parents actually turn into the dolls and Uh. so it's like toy story-esque like you know small things are really giant scale to them like the first boss fight is you fight like the family vacuum cleaner oh that's but the whole thing is like all about teamwork and so throughout the game like the mom and dad like like have fun again Aww. and like work really well together and it's just it's so really this is like great. marriage counseling the it's game li- so the the narrator of the game is a book a talking book called the book of love Aww. and he guides you through how to fix your relationship so this is book related too it is book related. look at that yeah we're staying within Old the realm of our podcast <laughs> yeah. just like the topic of this episode right but if you've never seen it or if you've seen it it's it's a lot of fun we're probably about halfway through it right now but i'm having a lot of fun playing it that's uh, awesome that's cool and then what I'm reading, I finished my first book of the year, which was The Dragon Reborn, the third book of Wheel of Time, which I also learned uh, season one of the show actually goes through books one through three. So wow. I am two where the season stopped. Um, and I started Shadow Rising, which is the fourth book. I am going to be talking about Wheel of Time for a while, I think, because mm-hmm. I really am just going to like plow through all 14 books and like knock them out for the year because they are really big and kind of beefy. And there's a ton of characters, so I don't want to like set it down, right? And then yeah. pick it back up. Like I just want to get through it, but we're right. good. I, I'm having a good time reading them. Um, it's obviously just like a massive epic fantasy, and kind of hard to keep track of, but pretty good. Well, like on the conversation of epic fantasies, let's talk Harry Potter. The epicness, the ep- the most epic, the most epic, <laughs> the most magical, the most whimsical. Yes. Let's talk about that special, Um, but before we get into the the actual special itself, I want to focus in on the books and what the books meant to you guys, because I feel like 
Uh, obviously, it's kind of removed a little bit, but mm-hmm. watching the special, you know, it brought me back to that that feeling that had escaped me for a while of why I loved Harry Potter so much. Yeah. And so I want to hear like y'all's y'all's earliest memories, how you got into it, everything about it. So with me, I think, uh, and they mentioned it in the in the actual special about the legacy of the books and how at the time um, it kind of like made book reading like huge again. Yeah. Like I'm sure obviously there were still people that read books, but I think for me, I'm pretty sure my brother started reading them first and then I picked them up like once he was done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was sort of the case for me was like, you know, not making books cool again. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was just like my interest was peaked. And so it was kind of like one of those situations. So I think it was as my brother read him, I like followed behind him and read read him as well. There's a loaded question. That's a big question. It's a big question. It's a big question. question. Um, For me, they were actually really important, I think. Probably more important than I kind of like think about now. Uh So backstory on me, I grew up with my grandmother, which you two know. Um, And so it wasn't like... You know, I didn't necessarily have like a younger person to be like, hey, this book is really cool because it was my grandmother. So she's not, you know, sitting down, cracking open Harry Potter every sure. now and then. But it became really popular. And I always liked reading. I don't I can't remember what I read. I love like Redwall. That was my I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Redwall, but it's like a fantasy kids series. And so it was gifted to me. Um, actually, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry, that's a lie. And fourth grade is when I started reading. He stole it. Uh, yeah, so I stole it. Um, I stole it. Uh, I think I started reading them in third or fourth grade. Um, I started reading when the fourth book was already out. Yeah. And so I read all four of those. And then every year it was like the thing where I would go um, either with my grandmother or another member of the family. We would do like midnight book releases. Oh, did you guys do those? Best. No, I never did. And yeah. I'm so sad I missed out on yeah. that. Which, like, that I actually sounds so fun. Thinking back on that now, was that only Harry Potter that did that? Like, I can't think... I really think Harry Potter Started reinvented it. that. Like, yeah. it, Surely it was a thing for... Because, like, there was a big series in middle school and high school. Like, we had Twilight, Hunger Games, Maze Runner. Those were all pretty big. But, yeah. like, we Harry Potter was huge for it. I remember, yeah. like, yeah. they showed in the special, like kids with their harry potter books like in line charging into the bookstore yeah exactly and so it was kind of like that just like chilling waiting for the book i would just get it and it was always the thing where i like couldn't start reading it that night Mm -hmm. but it was very much like i'm gonna start reading it that night and i would do like the the classic like under the blanket flashlight thing oh yeah yeah Uh, but no it was just it was always really exciting for me when a new one came out um because i just wanted to like devour the entire yeah. thing as fast as I could. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it continued my love for reading in a really big way. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you guys something that's kind of embarrassing and yeah. will maybe make you judge me a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you my <laughs> intro into Harry Potter. And the first thing I want to like, I want to give a piece of context because I know a lot of people have that experience, right? Where they were like young and reading it under their bed covers mm-hmm. or, or had their parents reading it to them, which I think is just delightful and i i am a little envious of that yeah um i never really had that and it it was just kind of a thing like our our church growing up it wasn't like like there was a book ban necessarily was this scandalous it was a little scandalous it was Mm -hmm. it was just like one of those things where like the you know people would make like little comments that were you know like oh witchcraft or whatever and so i think just by nature it like seeped into my family of being like a kind of taboo thing or thing mm-hmm. that was just like never of interest. And so I grew up Harry Potterless. Right. And I just I didn't I didn't know I didn't have any interaction. And so the first memory I have of it really being like, oh, this is a big deal was actually within that same church there was a, a guy who was like one of the kids in my like I guess like Sunday school or whatever, yeah. um, his dad was like a, a teacher or whatever, um, and and he was talking to me about them going to pick up the sixth book, and how they were going to get multiple copies when it came out to read it together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this, so cool. this guy Tony, he was so excited about it. And he was an older man, and yeah. I just remember being like almost like 
enthralled by his passion for it and his kind of acceptance of it gave me like i was like oh maybe this is like okay to be excited about and then it really wasn't until um it, it, it kind of happened at the same time but my older brother's girlfriend at the time was into harry potter so she was also excited mm. and this was before the sixth book was being released and so as a means to impress her my brother watched all of the movies that had been out up until that time and so i just naturally as a younger sibling watched with him right. and i don't think it faced him at all like i don't think he really cared i on the other hand was like this is the greatest thing i'd ever <laughs> yeah. seen so i felt like i had been like held back my entire yeah. life so you're probably in like fifth or sixth grade right? oh i, I mean I, even i think older than that i think okay. it was like middle school okay um maybe when, when did the sixth book come out i know it's definitely middle school um Anyways, to, to get back on track, I just, like, I, I was really captured by it, by the movies, but the thing that you're going to judge me by is I definitely read the sixth book as it came out and the seventh book before I read the actual yeah. first uh, five books. I know. I think that's interesting, though. I know multiple people that did that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, 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 it was a little weird because, like, I had this love, this, like, deep love for yeah. the series, but it was also incomplete, yeah. you know? And, and, all, and, and really, I never got that experience of, like, having, um, you know, mental imagery of, like, who Harry and Ron right. and Hermione were. It was already or, built for you. <laughs> right. It was definitely, like, the, the framework was built for me. The setting was built for me. Um, I, you know, I, I hear stories of people, like, even having trouble, like, they thought it was pronounced, like, Hermione or stuff right. like that. And <laughs> yeah. I, I never had that. But I did have this, like, weird entry point into falling in love with the series. Um, and then it wasn't actually until way later, and I was kind of going through, like, a little bit of a, a hard patch of life, and I picked up the first one and read it and then I read like all like all of them again and that I just it, it's just it's cool how it happened in its own way yeah. but it was definitely different um and it was interesting too because I remember reading like six and seven and there was little things that I was like what the yeah. hell is that like right. I think they mentioned like Peeves the ghost and I was like I don't know what that is <laughs> but yeah anyways that that was my entry into it um I, I so think, a different route circuitous but magical all the you know all yeah. the same I think because they did such a good job with the adaptations. It kind of was like a little bit of a bonus in that sense, and that like they built it so well that like you could build upon like the sets and stuff and from the movies that they had already created for you. Once you go back and read them, in for a sure. sense, for sure, S- that's similar, a cool way to do it. Similar to Lord of the Rings, I feel like they're they're so uniquely well done that you don't even have to do like necessarily like the book to movie comparison right it almost seems like they go side by side in complementing right. like or complementing yeah. each other uh as like you know complementary just like forms of I- I- enjoying that world yeah uh of course you know i think the books are better like that's obvious <laughs> obvious right. like and, and same for yeah. lord of the rings but it, it I, I completely agree but i think it, it, there was no like hindrance there right it is a uh, bold of you to bring up lord of the rings during this episode Uh-oh. because now that's all i can think about well don't now, this is uh, <laughs> welcome special. to bookends with friends no, no, lord of that, the rings. That, that, <laughs> we're starting you over. take your tolkien love and you hang on to it or keep it take you my stuff it down take my vo mortensen love and hang on to it yeah next time they do a lord of the rings special then we'll oh, use that as an excuse to talk Man, about what's so excited i can't wait um so let's talk about the special yeah let's so talk we all watched the special this week yeah um and if you know Information on the special, if you're looking for it, it's on HBO. It is. So this is an HBO, HBO sponsor. streaming, yeah. It, they're paying us so much money to talk about it. It's so crazy. So much money. They really lined our pockets. Right. HBO and Bookings with Friends are, are full partners now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my username is CDP0022 and password is Eagle78 if you want to use my account. Is um, that real? <laughs> Did you just really do that? No. Oh, wow. I, that sounded so just like off the cuff. I was Someone try it. Yeah. Don't try it. No, actually, we're going to set up a, a Bookends of Friends podcast account. A burner account. Oh, um, so let's talk about the special. Uh, kind of what did you think of it? What were your favorite parts from it? Did it bring back any like fond memories of the, the movies or the books for you? Anything like that? Just open conversation. What did you think of the special? My honestly, one of my favorite parts was the intro itself. How everyone was getting their letters. I oh, thought yeah. that was such a cool, like, cute way to do it. Like, I was so I was immediately like, "All right, we're back!" Like, it just like drags you back in. Just seeing everybody 
like all grown up and it was just like oh here we go like also, this that, it's uh, such a cool way to start that theme and that intro hit pretty different yeah because mm-hmm. the theme is just so good yeah it really it's, is good. yeah and they oh, they left all the sets like daniel yeah. radcliffe walking through Diagon Alley, like oh it's so cool yeah i mean I, I completely agree i think it like it 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 really just like sucked me back in like i felt like i had kind of been my harry potter emotions had been dormant for a while you know i hadn't gotten like super excited about anything hp in quite some time right. and and just uh seeing the cast and hearing the music and and uh i, I mean d- the production quality is really really good like it's yeah. just the of the special is produced very uh it was just so well done well. And um, it, it made me excited about the world and made me, you know, relive those memories, especially of, of what they did of, you know, kind of showing them as young and, and growing with the movies, you know, and I think that was kind of a lot of it. It reminded me of how much of the Harry Potter, um, you know, just book series and what it did for our generation. Like it, it was really a coming of age for a lot of us, I, I, you know, the, the generation, uh, you know, our generation, the generation above us and, and, you know, right below us, I really feel like grew up with the books and movies. And so it kind of put me back in that mindset. Yeah. And I just really, I cherished that because it was, it was sweet. It was good to be, be back. I, I really liked it. Nicole and I watched it this week. Um, the, the part that stands out to me, and this is just what I've been thinking about all week, because it like choked me up during it. Um, Hagrid being one of my favorite characters oh my in all the series, but he's talking about uh, Robbie Coltrane yeah. mm-hmm. is talking about Hagrid and he says something along the lines of like, yeah, like I'm not going to be around mm-hmm. much longer, but yeah. like Hagrid will be. And I was like, oh, shoot, that that hurts. Well, yeah. it, it just he talked about his uh, his kids and right. them experiencing it. And then he talked about how his kids' his kids will be able to experience mm-hmm. it, and and even Daniel Radcliffe mentioned that when he was talking to Helen uh, Barham Carter, he you know was saying like mm-hmm. one day I, like I'm excited to share this with my children, and I I think that's it's it is kind of just a nice thought of yeah. like this this is a generationally like passing thing, uh, that's not gonna stop. Um, yeah, but no, like I, the, it, their legacy will live on forever. Yeah, yeah. for like, sure. Um, speaking of Helen Barham Carter, um, I have two new favorite uh, cast members for Harry Potter, and it's Tom Felton, who played Draco, yeah. and Helen Bonham Carter, who played Bellatrix. They are amazing. They're, like, the highlight. Like, there's... Except for the... There's a part where Helen Bonham Carter puts her old teeth in. <laughs> oh, no! Um, back from when, like, she was Bellatrix, and she was even like, oh, yeah, they smell a little bit. And it was just like, ooh! But, like, like it was so them. funny. She seems so much fun. Like, I want yeah. to know her. Her and Daniel Radcliffe's interactions so good. were so genuine. And they're, I, the, I think my favorite part of the special was when she showed him it was like very on the spot where she was like hey i have this letter that you wrote me and it was like little daniel radcliffe when they had like worked together for the last time or whatever and he was just like thanking her yeah and talking about like how much he enjoyed you know working with her right uh and then he was like if i was 10 years older maybe i would have had a chance <laughs> and it was so precious and just like there but she seems like so much fun yeah. oh, she's and, such, and just yeah. god the acting is phenomenal and that um, I, I really think like the cast, you know, not just the kids who are all great, but like oh, Gary Oldman, Alan like, Rickman, like you know, everyone who they're like you, murderers row of British actors. It, it really, it's it's just like the best of the best, and seeing all of them and their thoughts on the the roles that they played and trying to like capture these characters that they know are like larger than life, yeah. and they they had even more of a grasp of it because they were fully like grown adults that were mm. you know playing these you know, forever legacy book characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was cool. I thought it was cool hearing from them. I mean, they even talk about that in the special. Like, so part of the special was, you know, Rupert, Emma, Daniel was like the big chunk of it. All yeah. Talking to each other. And they were like, yeah, as a kid. Yeah. You know, we would see the adults come in, but we didn't realize like who those adults <laughs> were. They had no idea. Like, cause That's I mean. so funny. What like famous like play actors do you know when you're 10 right, years exactly. old? Right, exactly. And that's what like a big part of all of them were. Uh, but yeah, there's just like massive cast for all the like professors of Hogwarts. Yeah. And they had no clue who any of them were. So I have an idea for a Harry Potter fanfic. Okay. So get Cursed Child and 
Fantastic Beast. Get him out. Yeah, because those we don't. don't I mean, they don't exist in my mind. We don't yeah. need them. I've never seen them. I probably never watch them. Yeah. Get him out of here. Doesn't exist in my brain. What I want. Okay. One of my favorite parts of reading these books as a kid, you know, I I loved all the Voldemort stuff. I loved any scene of just Ron and Harry like getting from class to class. Yeah. Just going to classes and learning magic. I want to write, um, and obviously produce and direct. Oh. A. Uh, sitcom based wow. in Hogwarts. There's no peril. Wait. There's no end of world. That it's just so a, like a, good. Like it's a just a collection of. It's just a collection of students. What if it's mockumentary style, like The Office? Yes. It's just a collection of students, and they're just getting through their time at Hogwarts together, and wow. that's it. This sounds fantastic. Yeah. This yeah. is the kind of stuff we actually need. If we're going to continue <laughs> in the Harry Potter world, this is the kind of stuff we need. That's what I want. Yeah, no more Fantastic Beasts or yeah, anything I like that. that. It doesn't have amazing. to be world-ending every time. It's a great foundation for a sitcom. That is so funny, Dan. everyday I life. I would love that. <laughs> I'll get to writing it. Okay, so so since you mentioned that, I did want to ask. Uh, I had a question for both of y'all because I, I, I think about this often. Harry Potter is it's so good, right? And it's obviously there's like so much to love. And... It's, you know, it was our whole childhood, everything like that. Was there anything either growing up uh, that you didn't like or now that you look back on the books and that you kind of wish was different or things that you would add or something you felt like was, or, you know, either from the movies yeah. or the books? Just in, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I they're not perfect books at all yeah. to, to me. But it's so hard for me. So the... Th- the things in the books that I have problems with, it's really hard for me to critique mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of how nostalgic I am for them. Yeah. Right. So some things in the books that I don't like, I rip apart in books I read now. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like there's so much magic stuff that there seems like there should be a plan B for everything that ever happens. Like I, that's just kind of the stuff that I think about. Like. Uh, Hermione getting the the time turner like seems like the most powerful device of literally all <laughs> right, time. Sure. So if I read that in a book today, obviously it's a kid's book. Like sure. I, but if I read something like that, I'd be like, well, that seems kind of like an oversight. Mm. Um, some of the characters aren't aren't as good as I think I would like. Not not good, but I wish more characters were kind of more fleshed out because I yeah. love like. I love the Gryffindor boys. That was like, oh yeah, yeah. I love Neville. like Seamus and Dean and Neville. Like oh my all gosh. Of those guys. Are Give awesome. me a Neville book. Neville is the hero of the story. Right. The Neville and arc. I could go on about that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll, I'll keep like, it. The agree. Neville but, arc. That that's another good fanfic of the Neville arc. Just doing his everyday life. His, right. his just entire. I mean, he existence? was meant to, he was supposed to be the hero. Right. He was supposed to be the chosen one, and it got stolen from him. But we're not going to get into that because right. I could talk about it from. But but things I would critique in books that I read now, it's so hard for me to critique with Harry Potter because mm-hmm. like there was never a point where I was reading one of the books thinking, ah, I'm not really into this. Like even my the the book I struggled through the most was book five because one, it's the biggest. Two, it's like it's like heavy. Like it's a mm-hmm. heavier book. But even reading that as as a kid, I still like, I mean, putting down like three, four hundred pages a day, like can't put it down. Right. And so it's just like a non-factor for me to critique them, even though I know they're not perfect and I think they're not perfect. I just big part of my my reading life. So I've always wanted more from the Draco ending. Oh, yes. That's literally what I was going to say. Go, Uh, go, Brett, go. I I just meant the way that it ends, you're just like, that's not enough. Like, yeah. I need more substance, not just him. I know it says a lot like him just walking away, but I'm like, I need more depth. I just, I don't know. I wanted more from his ending and his his redemption. Yes, yeah. agreed. So I feel like my, and this 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 is a, a very minor complaint. I agree completely with what you're saying, Dan. We're like, it's kind of hard, especially with so much time that's passed for me to really look at it through a very critical viewpoint because... It's one of those things where I'm like, it, what's the point of trying? Like, it, that, it, that almost seems like being nitpicky for nitpicky sake or negative right. for negative sake because it's it's a hit. It's a great right. series. Like, yeah. top I, to bottom, uh, there's very little that I can complain about. I dare another piece of content to be as successful as Harry Potter with seven books and eight, like, Hollywood blockbuster move. Like, it's, inc- it's, it's crazy a good to yeah. me that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems 
unreal that yeah. something like this should exist like in a world where things are critiqued so hard yeah unfortunately the the, the more recent products of the universe are, <laughs> oh yeah we can critique those all day long are diminishing the yeah. brand but sorry um, continue Parker. well so the i mean the the only thing that i was going to say is i i even remember while i was reading them growing up i wanted there to be a really like fully fleshed out good Slytherin character. Right. And it really bummed me out that the Crab and Goyle? Crab and Goyle. <laughs> that that Slytherin as a whole was almost completely painted as like every kid in this house, this the fourth of the students in this <laughs> is are evil. Evil. Like they're gonna side with <laughs> right. the Dark Lord. Even to the point of like in the final battle, they were like, oh, we're gonna lock up all of these children <laughs> before they've necessarily done anything wrong. Because they're gonna kill us. Because that most of them like it, it's almost like it's like, oh, we know they're bad. And it's like, well, if you know they're bad, one, you, maybe you ought to try to, like, not s- put them all in right. the house together where they can plot about right. being evil. Right. Little little Slither and Carter over there is just like, oh, no, like, I just have aspirations in life. Like, right. I just want to succeed. Right. And <laughs> I don't want to kill anybody. Right. Like, there's <laughs> Surely there must have been one Slytherin who was like, hey, like, what if we're not all, like, just douchebags? Like, what if we're, like, kind <laughs> and just work really hard and have, like, powerful dreams? Straight to jail. Yeah. Straight. <laughs> straight I mean, really, it's, it's just, like, straight to jail. Everything with, with Slytherin. But I, I agree. Like, Draco, I feel like he's a foil to Harry. And they, they either, I think should have had him go full like this is a dark reflection of harry Mm -hmm. and this is what happens when someone like doesn't turn back or what they almost did but i feel like didn't quite get there was like really make his redemptive arc like i fully like in in the final battle or even before that like reject what his father and voldemort had been pushing on him and the rest of the death eaters like i feel like he was almost like brainwashed by that dogma of the the you know the the dark forces and 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 the death eaters and then instead of fully like turning and saying like no right i will stand for good right it was almost like the battle was already over and he was like right "Ah, i see where this is going it it was a little more pronounced than that i guess (laughs) but but i agree it was very much like yeah, but like he's not—he didn't like prove himself good, right? And then they just have like a shared head nod yeah, when they're like, old at the end, and that's oh boy, yeah. yeah. It's work on that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Book eight. Also, just really, I would have loved, or you know, if they ever want to extend the universe um, in places that I would like to see it go. Uh, written works or otherwise, I would like to see Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff given a little bit more yeah. day in the sun. You know, I feel like they have at like they had like you know obviously minor characters that were yeah. it, it you just know, took turns being last in all the competitions yeah, and just being very tertiary, right? Like it was very clearly like they had Gryffindor as the good house and Slytherin as the bad house, right. and then you know you have you know Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff who are kind of like doing their thing. And I would have loved to get like really more in-depth looks as to like what like what were some of their mm-hmm. students' thoughts like yep. at, you know during the the final the war or like right. what were they doing or what were their pursuits or aspirations. And that's kind of where I was going with like I wish characters were fleshed out more because yeah, yeah. like there's characters there are named plenty of named characters from both of those houses that just like they don't really matter because right. they're not in Gryffindor in the thick of everything. Uh, but we're all three. Millennials, we've all taken a, a house quiz. Uh-huh. What's your house? Oh, Hufflepuff. I'm pretty sure it was Gryffindor. I oh. think you were too, and I think that's fitting. In a, in a very, like, uh, Neville way, Brett, I think you're quiet you. and people wouldn't expect it, but you were very brave and uh, and and loyal. Super Thank fitting you. in a Colin Creevy. <laughs> no, no. I think I think Brett is like the epitome of like loyal, strong, dependable I'm Gryffindor. Glad he's Thank Gryffindor because I was worried that all three of us. Are you Hufflepuff. also Hufflepuff? Yeah, of course. Get I'm out of town. Look at me. Stop it. Oh yeah, I know. I have, I have a, Hufflepuff, a Hufflepuff sweater and all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that. I'm that kind of Hufflepuff. Yeah. We have anything else? Um. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I wanna. I wanna broach the subject just because I feel like it's. It's been uh i and maybe we'll see we'll see if this gets left in honestly i know where you're going you know where i'm going so i want to talk about jk rowling and i want to talk about it in a way 
where we just have open discourse about how we as a as a people and as book readers and as fans of of art can continue liking something if we don't necessarily continue liking or agreeing with mm -hmm. all of the statements or lifestyle choices mm -hmm. of a creator. So, so that's open for conversation. So for if context, talk about for context, she um, was not included in the special. She was, but they used footage, footage from an interview and in, from like 2019. But they didn't have her like as a part of like the current interviewing. They just used a few snippets of like her her general thoughts on like the sets and stuff like that. Yeah. And audience, I don't if, if you don't if you're not like in the the Twitter sphere of the world or like deep on the internet, good for you. Good you know, just Very first of all, good, good on you. you. The way to just stay out of it. But if you are, you know, keeping up with cancel culture and all that kind of stuff and everything going on, um, JK Rowling has made very bold statements and very uh, kind of aggressive stances or thoughts on where she stands or and, and this kind of stems back even to like right after Harry Potter was done she's she was always you know interjecting right just more in that you know in, in noise and I, I don't want to like hyper fixate on it if you want to go do more digging and make a decision for yourself on mm -hmm. how you feel about it do that I fully support everyone being informed and Everyone has a choice in, in the matter of, like, you know, if you want to continue to like Harry Potter um, and, you know, I say go for it, I think that you can. Uh, if you also are hurt by what she's done and hurt by what she said and have decided to, you know what, it's not worth it, I'm going to swear it off, I think that's fully within your right as well. Absolutely. Um, so educate yourself if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, or don't if you don't care. Um, but there, she's just been in the uh, spotlight for some less than pleasant reasons. And so I wanted to talk to Dan and Brett because I honestly, I don't know y'all's thoughts on it. I don't hmm. know where y'all stand. Do you care? Do you have any thoughts? What do you think? I think it's a sour spot for me because, yeah. I mean, we just spent, you know, how long talking about how much we love, love yeah. the series. Um, and so I think before it became problematic. Well, also to kind of go off what Brett just said, they also only refer to her as Joe in the right. special, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting and probably relevant to what we're talking about right now. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they know. just say Joe because they're close to her. Right. So that's that's what like I don't know, and I don't want to throw out assumptions. Right. I think that could very well be the reason, but yeah. I don't know. So for for me, I think it started. You know, she started getting a little bit bad rap before getting hyper problematic because she was making like changes right, right to right, the characters right. and stuff like that and then kind of from that point on i just ignored yes anything that yeah, yeah, yeah. came from her i said wow oh thank you so much for the series i'm gonna take this i'm gonna leave with it yeah, right. yeah. do your thing you do your thing and i'm not gonna keep up with you exactly yeah, yeah. And so right. that kind of is how i've always been with it but i one of my biggest like fears and stresses in life is offending other people mm -hmm. and i know there are people out there that must think wow how can you still like this oh surely mm -hmm. and just disagree with the author like yeah. that's her work you know her thoughts are in those books i just don't see it that way i really love the series and i'm going to take it for what i think it means because that's how i interpret books anyway like mm -hmm. Obviously, the author knows what it means truly, and if she yeah. has different meaning, that's fine. That's not how I interpreted it as a yeah. you know eight year old kid reading Goblet of Fire. Sure. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. Is I'm going to take these books and just keep them close to what I remember them being when I was young. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Yeah. So I'm I'm in I'm in agreement. I, I think um, there's like a certain point where I can cut off and separate her from the product of Harry Potter. You know, obviously it's easier with the movies because I don't know how much she was involved with those. Um, you know, other creators took over from that, but I think it plays into not liking, enjoying, or having any interest in anything that the Harry Potter brand has created since the original books. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that has played a role. Um, I haven't ever seen any of those and I don't really plan to and obviously like you know avoid her toxicity on the internet 
yeah as much as i can definitely um but I, yeah I, I think in a way like i am able to separate in my mind you know what i enjoyed as a child you know not knowing of any of these issues and appreciating that enjoyment that i had when i was a child and now being able to look back and see obviously like you know i don't agree with her beliefs and um obviously don't support you know the products that are coming out now but i think i can for some reason just because i did enjoy them as a child i can separate it in my mind in that sense yeah for sure yeah i think that i mean that's i mean y'all y'all pretty much already said everything that i, I was thinking I, I think that uh it, it's just an interesting conversation that maybe societally we need to have of Absolutely. like how, how can you accept and appreciate art if you don't necessarily appreciate the artist or the, mm -hmm. the creator and mm -hmm. i think to some degree uh, especially with something on this scale something that's this large it has impacted people and people have real cherished memories right so like say if your parents read you these books when you're growing up and that was a way that you like connected with your mom or dad or or, or whoever or you know it, it established connections with people and people got tattoos or people you know people like they they loved this thing it kind of takes on a life of its own right and that stuff i feel like is personal and shouldn't have like the the author or creator shouldn't have power over that and so in that sense i'm like yeah you know let people enjoy things if you know it i, I think that it, it's a good thing to you know enjoy and you can you can like it i also understand if if people you know don't and they don't want to get behind it and they don't want to support it absolutely I, i'm you know totally on board with um, so I, I think it, I, the, the tough thing though, is I do think that to some degree it, it does, it's, it is impossible to completely separate, right? right. Like the, the things will never be completely removed, which does stink a little bit because it's like, you, you know, as much as you want to get excited about Harry Potter and what comes next, or if there is stuff that's coming next, there's that part of it that you kind of have to grapple with in the same way that I think like, you know, I'm able to be super excited about Brandon Sanderson's works, but I don't know him as a person. I don't know anything. But like right. right now, from what I've seen, he seems like a pretty positive guy. Or, or Rick Rorden, I would say, yep. uh, from the Percy Jackson series. He's just very overwhelmingly positive from everything that I've seen. Again, yeah. I don't know him as a person. Um, but just from what I have taken in, from what I've consumed, it's it's an, a more enjoyable experience when those packages are cleaner. Yeah. You Absolutely. know, when the artist and the, the creation are both equally enjoyable. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a hard conversation, but it's just something. She's to, definitely yeah. She's to, definitely tainted. Yeah, and that stinks, but it's it's fine. Um, you know, it, it, I, and I don't want to end this on like a a heavy note or anything, but I just wanted to to pick you guys's you know brains about it just because I I thought it was interesting and also interesting with how they presented it. Um, and, and also, you know, it's one of those things where I think about with, with other authors too, because like you, if you think about authors of, you know, the past, there's, you know, uh, some authors who have written great books who might ne not necessarily, you know, be great people or, uh, or have just like, have had room to grow. And I think a good, uh, person to look at there would be like, maybe like Stephen King, like, Hey, I love a lot of his works. Some of his stuff, uh, from his earlier years have things in them that are, uh, problematic. problematic and that can be definitely looked at with a very critical lens. And I know a lot of people who don't like him as a creator because of that. And so right. it's those kind of things where I'm like, you know, it, you should be able to enjoy art aside from the creator right and i mean hp lovecraft uh, a lot of his works <laughs> yeah. have um inspired a lot of sci-fi throughout you know history and from all accounts he was a terrible person um in a lot of ways and so it's it's one of those things where it's i think it's I always going to be a debate sad. No, I was I was waiting because I have a really embarrassing fact. I think I've said it on recording before, uh -huh. but I thought <laughs> any, oh, no. anytime I saw this in like a bookstore, I thought H.P. Lovecraft was Harry Potter fanfic for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying I to me that. right now. Being You're absolutely lying to dead me. Dead serious. So you thought H.P. was Harry Potter Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah. And did you think that was like a genre? 
I just thought it was something related to Harry Potter. Okay. That's it. Uh, I love that. About what, a, what a world to be in Daniel's brain. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, go check out this. <laughs> go check out the special. Sorry we ended it on kind of a down note. Uh, uh, hey. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Any other anything Harry Potter related or book related or anything else you want to talk about? I have a good one. Um, I just looked up H.P. Lovecraft and there was a Cora question that said, was H.P. Lovecraft ever a chill or a good guy at least even a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> At least even a little bit. You know, that's you know, that's the thing is we're we're really quick to harp on the flaws, but sometimes you just gotta look for are they were, were they ever chill even a little bit? Even kind of. Even kinda. We need to ask that about a lot of our <laughs> great a lot of our heroes and yeah, no. Um God. Oh boy. Uh, let's 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 bookmark, let's bookmark it. it. Uh, I do uh, wanna say a quick shout out to Ryan Big. Uh, a friend of the show who reached out and they're reading Nightingale. Uh, they, he, he picked it up. He's uh, reading along with us and uh, it was sending me thoughts. So that's very exciting. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, um, Ryan. Audience, if you can, uh, you know, any support, we just, we love to hear from you. We have a an email. That's bookendswithfriends at gmail.com. Uh, we're on TikTok. That's bookends underscore with underscore friends. Uh, Instagram, I believe, at the same handle or something similar, and it's bad that I've forgotten because I'm the social media guy. Whoopsie. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I feel like I'm, there's another shout out that I'm forgetting, and I'm sorry if you are that person and or uh, uh, that thing. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And thanks for um, thanks to to Jacob Robinson. Yes, for our wonderful wonderful theme song. And thank you to Maddie Moon for our wonderful, wonderful cover art. Thank you, thank you. Reed Nightingale, Chris and Hannah, we'll be covering that in a couple weeks. Never forget, the real expectos were the ones we patronumed along the way. Really? <laughs> it's, it's week two of season two of Bookings of Friends, and you're already going to go off book. There it is. There it is. There it is.